What up, y'all? Welcome back to the latest episode of Into the Fryer Ramblings from the Kitchen podcast. This is Matt, and I'm your host. On this episode, I interview Calabama. She's an awesome person, badass, hustler, someone that's just out there making it happen. I hope that you enjoy this episode as much as I did doing the interview with her. And if you want to find her on Instagram, it's at Calabama, C-A-L-A-B-A-M-A, at Calabama. Please enjoy this latest episode of Into the Fryer Ramblings from the Kitchen Podcast. Peace. I am sitting today with Kara Haltewanger, aka Calabama, and I want to thank you first of all for taking the time to, well, not only taking the time, but taking the chance to meet someone that reached out to you on Instagram. <laughs> um, it's a little dicey sometimes when, yeah, yeah. when you're meeting someone over the internet and then you not that I have experience meeting people over the internet. Let me make that clear. I do not have that experience. But when you reach out for someone to go on the podcast, I've, I've done it a few times, and, and the response is sometimes a little bit chilly. So thank you. I appreciate I'm you taking the time. Happy to be here. Awesome. Awesome. So, Kara, I'm going to call you Kara. Just, sure. And then we'll talk about all the Calabama. That, because in and of itself, is kind of what drew me to, to start following you. I think I was one of those... I got a suggestion of, oh, you may oh. like this because of what my what I have on my on my feed, and uh, I, I looked at some of your stuff. And I'm like, oh, hustler, yeah. we can making it happen, doing all that, and that is the stuff that like gets me going on the inside about about the restaurant industry, about the food industry. Um, I, you know, just a little background on me. I started working in kitchens when I was like 18. dishwasher, delivery driver, busser, guy that just, I was going to college, I needed to pay bills, and I had this Italian chef that, that uh, would, you know, when, when there was nothing happening, he could put a knife in my hand and start teaching me how to cut That's vegetables amazing. and do all kinds of stuff, and the more time I spent in the restaurant, college was kind of just like, not doing it for me, and, uh, you know, I, I just, I freaking dove in. I learned how to make pizzas when I was in high school. That's awesome. And I'll tell you the story. We, it, it's been told on, on the podcast already, but um, we, I used to be a real big pothead. <laughs> and so, like, I was one day, this guy, his name was Flavio, he came out of the out of the restroom at about 5 o'clock, and every day I'd finally go out and sit in the alley and smoke cigarettes. And I never smoked. And he came out of the restroom he's like hey you smoky smoky and I'm like oh no I'm good and then he opens up his freaking thing and pulls out this gigantic freaking joint and he's like no smoky smoky and I'm like yes of course that is number one on the list <laughs> so we went outside and, and uh, you know he like, started asking me if I knew how to make pizzas and I had worked at this pizzeria before I'm like yeah totally and he he said okay we're gonna go back inside and you're gonna make pizzas like make five pizzas as fast as you can so I went in, I mean, I can still do it to this day, like turning pizzas and it's a That's a great, that's a great skill. But, uh, so after that, he was like, you're not going to be a delivery driver. <laughs> you're going to start working in the kitchen on the weekends with me. So, uh, I like that yeah, so it, it, I just appreciate the, and that's a long way for me to say, like, I appreciate people that just freaking make it happen. And, and, and that's what it seems like you're doing. I work a lot. Work yeah. A lot. I always have. Okay, so tell me, tell me where you're from and how you got to LA. Because your name on Instagram is Calabama, so I'm guessing there's some sort of tie either with your first name, Alabama, and California. It's all three of those things, actually. It's because my name starts with a C, and it's because I'm from Alabama and living in California. And it was it's the name of my hot sauce and my whole business and my pop up and everything. Right. And. Uh, it was definitely like I went and when I went when I first saw the name Calabama when I thought of it I went online and grabbed it immediately because there's a lot of people that were using it okay. um, and now I have it it's trademarked and everything awesome but yeah I'm from Alabama born and raised haven't really 
before I came out to California, I hadn't really been anywhere outside of the South. I uh, lived in Florida for a while um, and just traveled a bit around the South, but I never really, just come from a very country, simple family and had never really been anywhere. And I went to college almost right after high school in Mobile, Alabama. And before I graduated, when I was a senior in college and trying to figure things out. And at this point, I kind of wish I would have never gone to college and just went to a straight to a kitchen. Sure. I ended up in a kitchen, but with a degree <laughs> um, and student loan debt. Um, but one of my homies and co-worker, we were bartending together as well, wanted to move to California so he could make it as a TV star. And he just asked me to come out here, just drive out here with him, and he would fly me back. And I drove across the country with him for the first time. We had some really fun adventures. And then I spent a week in California, and I was like, fuck Alabama, I'm, <laughs> I'm moving to LA. So Sorry, I, Alabama. Yeah, so I went I back home, you, and I didn't even really have a plan. At the time, I was working as a makeup artist slash bartender slash student in college, and was definitely not into food yet, but had been in the service industry my entire life. And um, I came back and graduated. I think it was about, I don't know, I was very close to graduating when I came out here to visit. Went home, graduated, and then I just moved out here. And at the time, I was working as a makeup artist for Bobby Brown Cosmetics, which is a big, you know, cosmetic line. And so I just came out here and started working at Bloomingdale's in Century oh, wow. City. But the whole time, I was bartending. And um, I started working in restaurants when I was 14. And I also started as a dishwasher, then a chips and salsa girl, then a busser then a server, then a bartender, then a chef. So, then nice. all the front of the house and back of the house stuff. Nice. Yeah. And was it something that you were drawn to? Like, it, so, like in my family, uh, what, I, my grandfather was a chef and had long retired, so way before I'm, I'm like one of the youngest in my family. But food was always, I mean, I have, my, I have two aunts and my mom, and then we have our extended family. We, when I was growing up, we had family holidays at my grandparents' house in Pico Rivera, and like, <laughs> and, and it was, food was always a major deal. And my mom and both my aunts were phenomenal cooks. Oh yeah, I come from a family of amazing cooks. They don't even know how good they are. I think a lot of people in the South, especially not like Alabama, Mississippi, like the deeper South, mm -hmm. I think people are inherently good chefs and they don't even know it. Good cooks, whatever right. you want to call them. Right. Um, because it's just what you do. It's, it's part of the culture to, to grow your own food and eat it and cook it and, you know, especially if you don't have a lot of money. Um, so I think now, well, my career now and what I've been working up to now is definitely centered and was inspired by the love of food that, you know, I know from being a part of my family. But sure. growing up, being in the service industry wasn't something... I thought about it was just a way to like survive and pay the bills and like my parents were not neither one of them were in the service industry at all um, but really good cooks but all five of my me and my siblings and I'm the oldest of five were all in the service industry oh, wow. in some form or another bartenders cooks whatever um, and I would definitely say that the service industry raised me but I didn't think until I started doing pop-up restaurants in Calabama and hot sauce and stuff, I didn't think I was going to be in food the way that I am. Um, okay. But it was, I was an ends to a means. The service industry was an ends that's, to That's a, how it started. Yeah. yeah. And, and I enjoyed it. We all, I love it. means to an end, I yeah, guess. Yeah. means to an end. And like, I liked bartending. It was fun and social and good money and, you know, whatever. But um, not a career for me. And I was doing makeup for a long time. and. I just was losing my passion for it, and the older I got, the more I was like, what am I passionate about? Like, what is gonna make me happy? Sure. And I think about, you know, being my family, and I think about when we're the happiest, and now we're all very spread around the country, so when we get together, what do we do? We cook, and we're in the kitchen, and we're cooking, and we're eating, and we're all hanging out in the kitchen. Right. And um, that was like, I was like, how can I make a career out of that? <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So speaking of, how did you, I mean, that that's amazing. Like, I, I just love how, I love learning about how people got from, you know, where they grew up or where they started. And, and now, I mean, obviously, 
you said before we started that you work a lot. I do. And I mean, you're making it happen. So how did how did Calabama? How did you come up with the idea to do hot sauce? Or were you doing? Oh, yeah. No, I wasn't. Doing pop ups first. I was doing pop ups first, okay. and the hot sauce was one of those happy accidents that ended up being a game changer. I was doing. I had actually, I had actually gone to Burning Man for the first time, and was staying with a camp, mm-hmm. and was still doing makeup, and kind of trying to figure out my passion here in LA, and trying to figure out a way to make a better living, or just a living I was happy with yeah. making. And um, I got stuck. Long story short, I ended up cooking at Burning Man for 50 people a day, like twice a day. So I was basically ended up cooking for 100 people a day with no power, no water in the middle of the desert. Um, I ended up taking over this kitchen. There was some drama that happened and these people left and I had, I was like the only one that had any kind of food knowledge. And at the time it wasn't even food knowledge. It was just from being from the South and being around my family and knowing what to do yeah. with food a little bit. And that's yeah. what started. And when I got back from that trip, I was like, God damn, that was really great. That was really, that's what I want to do. I'm going to cook. So at the time I was still doing makeup and bartending and I started cooking at at the bar I was working at in West Hollywood. They had this great little patio that was just for people to smoke and drink outside. And I was like, I'm going to start cooking on this patio. So I talked to the manager and I was like, hey, let me just start cooking here on Thursday nights. And I made that a thing. And then that was it, was, it was around 2008 or 2009 when I started doing pop-up restaurants. And I went and had this grill custom made that I could pick up and down myself and like do it alone right um and so i just started cooking and i just would cook like alcoholic like food for people that are drinking alcohol and when they're drunk right and i was kind of my it was my test kitchen sure but i was doing all kinds of shit i was doing like barbecue pulled pork and chicken sliders and i mean everything was seasonal i was doing like turkey night turkey chili nights and cornbread i was doing all kinds of stuff and i was just kind of figuring out what works and what didn't and, and it was just something I was doing at the time once a week. And then I started actually making a little money at it. And then it was right around the time that Instagram started becoming a thing. And I was using that as a tool. And that was a major, major thing was Instagram. Sure. Um, and I started, you know, I, at the time I was calling myself Honey Sugars. I wasn't even Calabama yet. And I hadn't started making hot sauce. And I was doing this breakfast sandwich. I was basically, it was just grilled cheese. I would have grilled cheese night. Mm-hmm. But it was... Bacon, egg, cheese, grilled onions, and avocado. Sure. But I was separating those things and charging people for them. So I would call it a grilled cheese night, and you could add on what you yeah, want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wanted a dipping sauce to go with my sandwich, something that people could dip the sandwich in to make it more unique. And that's where the idea for the hot sauce and the maple syrup came from. Because so, for the, my sandwich that I make, I mix my hot sauce with maple syrup oh. to make a dipping sauce for the sandwich. Beautiful. And it originally was a gravy dipping sauce, but that was... It was delicious, but it was uh, it didn't work. It was gravy. When it gets cold, it's gross. Yeah. And it was heavy. So this is like a spicy, sweet answer to like something that you can dip your breakfast sandwich in. And what what flavors do you want? Right. You know, you want something salty and a little spicy and sweet. So that's where that started. And then the breakfast sandwich thing took off with coffee shops. So I went from doing nighttime bar scene, which I loved for a while, but eventually was not really wanting to do that. And then the coffee shop breakfast sandwich pop-up took off in a major way. And I was, I was doing three pop-ups a week in different coffee shops around between Silver Lake and West Hollywood. And then I just kind of found a home um, at this one coffee shop in West Hollywood. Okay. Um, and I stayed there for three years on the patio there and then really built my business there. And then got some write-ups in Eater LA and stuff like that. And then the hot sauce, it just took off from there. Like once I, once I moved from nighttime to morning time, and found a niche to fill with different coffee shops. And I would just go in and be like, hey, can I try this? Let's just try one day. I won't charge you. You're not charging me. No money's exchange. I just show up a place to start cooking and bring some customers and it helps grow my business. And I've been doing that, just that, for a while now. That is amazing. It's so, crazy. So when you were first starting, and you were, was it, did you find it difficult to approach people? And like, I mean, because it sounds like you're self-taught. You, I mean, you use some of the experience that you had from growing up and your knowledge of a little bit of the service industry and then you're like, shit, I'm gonna just take a chance. What's the worst that can happen? They're gonna say yeah, no, right? Exactly. I mean, I. it's like, uh, even for example, here at Dave Lowe with Tom, 
somebody had mentioned to me, because the coffee shop I was at for three years closed down eventually. It's back open now, but they closed down for like eight months and I had to find a new home. Yeah. So during that time, I was looking for new homes and one of my friends was like, you should hit up this guy Tom and Dayglo and Anna, and I'll just hit up people on Instagram if I don't meet him in person. And I, a lot of times I don't even know if I'm talking to a man or a woman. I'm just like, hey, my name's Calabama. I do these pop-ups. I'll send them like a write-up from Eater sure, or something. Sure. I'd be like, I don't find it hard to approach people. Um, I just figure if they either want to or they don't. And it's, it's, it's good for both parties. It's really mutually beneficial. Yeah. And it's really, it feels like a community-based thing. And I think that people respond well to that. So yeah. if I approach it in that way and I'm just like, hey, like, if I bring you more coffee customers, let me in here once a week. I'll grow your business. You'll grow mine. And that's actually what happens. That's freaking awesome. Yeah, it's Believe it or not, crazy. I have a hard time approaching people. <laughs> I swear. I'm kind of like a, like a, in, in like big social gatherings, I'm pretty introverted. But I, yeah. if I can get into a conversation a little more alone yeah. with someone, then I usually can open up. Yeah, it's hard for, uh, and I'm in sales now. I was a chef for almost 25 years, and now I look like I'm only about 20. <laughs> you do, you do. But uh, uh, I, I had a hard time when I switched over, because if I had my chef uniform on, I could talk to anyone, because I was the commander in chief. You know? Of course, hey. you're the boss. But I turned me around, and I would have like, they call it call reluctancy, or like reluctancy to like, I need to go to that restaurant and talk to the chef. Yeah. I know the language, I can speak to him, but yeah, I mean, sometimes I'm I get, not going to do that. Sometimes I get advice <laughs> if people don't want to talk to me. You know, and, and, and I, I, I tell myself, I'm like, Kara, not everybody's going to like you. Get over it. And and it's true. Like, if people don't want to fuck with me, they want to fuck with me. And I don't I don't take offense, you know, but, but I don't know. I, I try to charm people and win them over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here's a bottle of hot sauce. Try my sandwich. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the hot sauce, so how? Do, okay. So take me through the evolution of the hot sauce. You said you started out making, wanting to make a dipping sauce yes. for your sandwiches. Yes. And it was like a, it was a gravy. So I'm thinking yeah. like southern roux-based gravy, yeah, that's drippings, all that, and then. Yeah, I, I. So. I didn't even know. I didn't even. When I started making the, the syrup hot sauce combo for the dipping sauce, I had no intentions of selling it. I just, I kind of started nerding out on what would it be like to make my own hot sauce and can I do that? So my hot sauce recipe, unlike my other condiments like barbecue sauce, my um, I make a homemade ranch, I make a few things, none of that shit took me long. Those things were like a day of recipe testing. Sure. My hot sauce recipe took me six months, and that is because I started with the hardest shit first. I just, you know, researched a bunch of stuff online, talked to a couple people, but that's the thing about food. Some people don't want to talk to you about their recipes. Some people, and I get that. Yeah. You know, like some people don't want to talk to you about, they don't want to give you information or anything. Um, so I just did my own research. I started just fucking around. And I started with, the, like I said, the hardest stuff first. So I was fermenting peppers. I was doing, I was taking dried peppers and rehydrating yeah, them and yeah, doing all yeah. that shit. I, and I was, I was just using any peppers. Like I didn't have any system. I was like, well, I'll try habaneros this time and I'll try guajillo and I'll try California chili and I'll try, like, I was just grabbing shit from the market and just fucking with it. And none of it was turning out right. And I couldn't find a vibe. And then of course, the recipe that I have now is by far the easiest thing that I try. And when I got the, the product that I have now, when I got the flavor profile down, and I was like, this is the heat level I want, this is the flavor profile that I want, it was the ugliest color. And it was like a shit brown, like not not like a mole, it yeah, was like right, ugly. Right. And right, I was right. like, I was imagining it in a bottle and I was like, this is gonna be this is not attractive. Not cool. This is not on brand. So I and I didn't even have a I didn't even have a brand. I didn't have a brand. <laughs> I didn't have a brand. I knew it wasn't <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So this is my favorite part of the story though. I call once again my, my parents are both amazing cooks and they don't even know their 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 wealth of knowledge and, and how deep it goes when it comes to food, I don't even think they're aware of. So I, lately I've been trying to pull all that information out of them so I can have it, yeah, now that they're getting older. 
And um, write that shit down. I've been begging my dad to do that. He's, he won't do it. No, you guys. Like, he's like, Coach Carol, it's not a recipe. I'm like, I'm not asking you to create recipes. I don't care if it's like my aunt said a cup of this and a drop of this. Just get it out of your head and onto something that I can I can make a recipe. Yeah, out of it. you're gonna have you're gonna have to call and do like a. I'm, a you know what? Recorded I'm gonna have to because this shit that comes out of his brain is amazing, <laughs> and he never remembers it. So anyway, yeah. yeah. I called him and I was like, Dad, I got this hot sauce thing, but it's really ugly, and I said I need it to be like more red, and and, he, and without hesitating, and I've been toiling the kitchen for six months, and then I got this one. I've been toiling with it for weeks, and I couldn't get the color right. He goes. Just add a tablespoon of mustard. Just get, get a tablespoon of yellow mustard. And I was like, what? And he was like, just trust me. <laughs> and that's my hot sauce. And I added I added the yellow mustard, and it changed the color. It went perfectly with the flavor profile, and that's my oh, hot sauce. Awesome, awesome. And I was like, you're a fucking genius, Dad. You're a low-key culinary genius, and you don't even know it. Yeah, yeah. So, that's amazing. Then I started bottling it. I still bottle it myself. I'm waiting to get my website going and all that stuff to like level up. Uh-huh. Um, but for now, it's still very small batch. Yeah, that's not like a Gary, and artisanal. Gary Vaynerchuk reference right there. Well, oh, I love him. I love him. Yeah, he's pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, it's, I'm, at, at this point, you still have to find me to get my hot sauce, yeah. but people don't seem to mind that. And I mail it out as well, but I can't wait to have it just on the website and I'm looking forward to the days when I'll miss making it at home you know yeah. but, but that I mean like that's evolution right that's like sorry about leveling up like that's what you do you you have this idea and you're like wow it's getting some traction and then yeah. I'm passionate about it it makes me happy and and people really love it yeah they really awesome. do so I noticed on on your Instagram feed you have it in some restaurants yes and that's pretty cool that's especially cool. since you're bottling yourself how is that process because I'm, I'm like this is something I look at. Uh, you gave me a, Carrie gave me a bottle of the Calabama hot sauce, and it looks freaking awesome. Yeah. So you're, I'm guessing you're at a point where you would have to, to do retail sales. You have to have the labeling. From, yeah. Yeah, like commissary kitchens and all that. Sure. For, for the cafes, like the smaller coffee shops, I just do, um, you know, cases of bottles. But for restaurants, I do gallons. Sure. So, like for example, with Crossroads, um, they don't—they're a white tablecloth restaurant, so they don't have the bottles on the table. Right. But they serve it in ramekins on the side, and it is—it is behind the bar sure. there for Bloody Marys and stuff, which is really cool. Because um, Crossroads Kitchen is an amazing plant-based restaurant, and even though I'm not plant-based, my hot sauce is. Um, <laughs> I was gonna ask. So they love it. They love it, and and it's yeah. No, I'm not vegan at all, but but my hot sauce is. Um, yeah, and so Crossroads has it. It's in a couple cafes, and I think I've got it. I've got it in four places right now, which is manageable enough for me now. Right. Obviously, when it's you know when it's being manufactured, and I'm not having to make it by myself anymore, then I can handle more places. But right now, it's just extremely local and like manageable for me. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm doing that's it all by awesome. myself. I. There's a couple of things. I always have a huge respect for people that get college degrees because it was something that I was unable to do. I mean, just just like the stick to itiveness. Like yeah. sometimes I'm kind of like a little kid where like yeah. I see a shiny object and I'm like I'm like oh I like this and then oh shiny object I'm gonna go that way. And just to have the the vision and the patience and the the stick to itiveness. Or I would even say like intestinal fortitude to go through those rough times. I'm sure you had some times where you're just like doubting yourself and being like, fuck, what I am I doing? I just didn't know what I was doing in college. I, I don't, I don't live with a lot of regrets, but I don't know if college was the thing to do. I'm glad that I went. I'm glad I can say I went yeah. and got a degree, but you know, that was what, 99, 2000. And it's like, student loan debt's real. And I don't know if all that's worth it, the way they, the way they put it on you. Yeah. Um, but I mean, mostly I just learned how to get by in college. Like, I learned how to pay people to write my papers, and <laughs> cheat, and lie. I just cheated, and lied the whole way through. That's what I learned, um, and, I, and I stuck with it. No, I'm just kidding. There we'll was, there we'll was edit that else. out. <laughs> Pause. Not. <laughs> 
No, I, I don't. I don't regret the experience. I just don't know. I wonder. Then I wonder. I think to myself, would I would have wanted to go to culinary school? But the answer to that is probably not. It's yeah. just it's still school. And I think that culinary school, some of them, not all of them. I think some of them stick you with crap with skills you don't need and that are not for you. Uh, and most of those skills you can learn by going and working in a fucking kitchen yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I, I, my take on culinary school was that it was impractical because you're in a controlled environment and restaurants are anything, anything but. <laughs> yes, yes. They are the most, I mean, you name it. That and if you don't want to be a baker, why am I spending weeks learning how to bake a fucking cake? Yeah, exactly. And paying for that. Right. So I don't regret not going to culinary school, but I don't know if I should have gone to college at all, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. The other the other thing I think about culinary school is that it gives people a false sense of like hey, entitlement. I, yeah, like I'm gonna come out of culinary school and be a chef, and I've seen maybe one no. guy in my time. And I think some of them got sued for that. I think some of those culinary schools got in trouble for like promising these people jobs. Oh, that like yeah. like you know if you go to school and get a degree with us, you'll guarantee these kind of jobs, and yeah. it's like can't. No, you're guaranteed to get a foot in the door. Perhaps, and, then and it's who you know. Get told that everything that you learn in culinary school is a bunch of shit. Exactly. And I mean, when I the Burning Man trip that I spoke of, when I came back and I was like, I want to do this food thing more seriously, I was looking for an internship, um, and I got one, and it was at Animal, oh, John wow. and Vinny's Animal, and wow. that was my first line chef job. And that was an internship, and that was because, not because I went to culinary school, that was because I knew people in LA that knew them, and yeah. were like, yeah, like it. She's got a good work ethic, she'll show up, and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so that, it had nothing to do with, I, I felt like people out of culinary school wouldn't have landed where I landed for a line chef job. Right, right. That's amazing. I bet we, I bet we know a few of the same people. Sure. So I told you before we started, my sister used to be the controller for. Order oh yeah! Oh yeah! yeah. And I, I don't I don't know if you know Sasha. That was the, the chef for with Mary Sue and Susan for a number of years. They went over to. Um, I, I will. I think you two should get together. Okay. Yeah, I love you. I know she she Especially is huge me. in vegan cuisine, and she just got back from this trip from Japan where she was doing all this stuff, and she's working. She's a phenomenal chef, but you, I think you two would hit it off. She's awesome. a fantastic woman. Um, in any case, so I, I'm going to touch it. I had one guy. So my, the first restaurant I was an executive chef at was this place called Christie's in Long Beach. And the owner was, her name was Christy Bono. And yes, Matt Bono. Okay, nice. That's dope. <laughs> so she was, her, her her younger sister was is Chaz. Awesome. So she was, she was a little bit older, but... I love it. Uh, I at one point we had some. This was in the late '90s, early 2000s. I had some, a bunch of uh, maybe like four or five people come and do uh, internships and externships from culinary school. And I had these two guys. One guy was from Huntington Beach, and one guy was from Oregon. And they met in culinary school in Portland. Oh wow! And they both. It was. I was amazed at like the level of talent. I was like, wow, these guys have some talent. So. One guy wanted to be a pastry chef, and one guy just was like, "I just want to do whatever. Like, I don't. Yeah. I just need to finish my shit for, for culinary school, and I'm not sure." And so I, I ended up hiring both of them. The one guy, he liked to party a little bit more than I did, and I partied a lot. And I had to, I had to let him go because not on one occasion he put salt in the in the cremant uh, glaze. Oh God! <laughs> I was like, dude, you just you're costing me too much yeah, money. But the other guy, <laughs> the other guy ended up coming, and he, he was he worked in the pantry for me. He became a pastry chef for a little while, then became a sous chef with me when we opened up another restaurant. Now he lives in Texas. He's like an executive chef. Hell for, yeah! For Capital Grill and like Fort Worth. It's like yeah, killing and, it, you know. And, like, but that was like the only like out of the people that I would get or experience from culinary school. There was none that had like drive or talent. Yeah, and because I, I think a lot of it, yeah, it's default stuff. And I'm certainly not talking shit on all culinary, school, culinary schools. If we're not talking about the CIA, you know what I'm saying? But like the Le Cordon Bleu bullshit and all these, it's like there's, I see more like scams. Yeah. But you know, I, I'm I'm happy with the education that I received just by putting myself 
in certain situations. So I've learned a lot that way. <laughs> so this is one question that I've asked to a couple of different chefs that I've interviewed and people. Do you view yourself more of an artist or a craftsman? Or a craftswoman? Craftsperson, pardon me. Gosh. Well, that's a good question. Um, I guess an artist. That was my that was my instinctual answer, like right when you asked me the question. Mm -hmm. I think I have to go with artist because it definitely is my creative outlet. Um, sure. Creating something that people like to eat is very satisfying to me. The fact that people trip out over my hot sauce when they run out and can't immediately get more, you know, it's something that I've created. And it's nothing fancy, you know, it's really, it's the best version of what it is, but it's not reinventing the wheel or anything. It's just really honest, loving, good food with like yeah. a lot of love and thought into it. Right. And it feels like art to me. So I guess, I guess that's my answer. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I would say, listening to you, that you have a very crafts person approach to it. Well, thanks. Well, I mean, so it, it's just a fun question for me because I took uh, one of my favorite books is um, Kitchen Confidential. Oh, hell yeah. That's and so he said in, Life -changing uh, in the book, book and he talks about that he would never, <laughs> he would never hire an artist. He's like, he's like, I never hire people that are saying they're artists because yeah, they don't, they don't show up for work. It's like, true. I mean, I'm dedicated as fuck, and I'm and I'm punctual, and I and I, I I respect other people's time because I want people to respect mine. Yeah, of course. And I'm very big on that, you know. And if I think, like with my pop up, it's like I'm never even late for my own shit because it's like there's people that are waiting there that are trying to get a sandwich before they have to go to their crap job, and the sandwich is going to make their day, and I need to be on time for that. Yeah. So I'm very I respect other people's time, and I'm very organized in that way. But as far as what I do, I guess because it's so satisfying to me yeah. it seems like I'm just having fun doing art you know yeah, what I mean? it's, it's all wrapped up in one yeah and the whole community aspect of it where I'm interacting with people is I'm sure what keeps them coming back sure because the sandwich is a good sandwich it's a really good sandwich I want to have one but I'm going to have one this weekend you have to have one on Saturday before you leave definitely yeah. um, you know it's funny I, I always I had people that I hired that worked with me that were way way more talented when I was young, when I was young, I, I mean, I got my first opportunity to run a kitchen when I was 23. That's awesome. No business, dude. I, no, I, I should never have been given that opportunity. But I, <laughs> I, got, I got it, and I like, I like put my head down and I worked my ass off. But I was, I was scared. I worked scared, and I didn't want to hire people that were better because I was like, well, they're going to see that I'm not as good. Yeah. They're going to yeah. kick me out. Or, Take that guy, and and then someone like a, a older uh, chef that I really respected was like, dude, you're in the position. Hire better people. Like if you hire better people, you're gonna look better. You can, and you can learn from them too. Yeah. Well, yeah. You just instead of you, you know, it's not a one. No, that's a good point. Show. It's yeah. Like you gotta get the best people you can. And you don't want to be the smartest or most talented no. person in the room. No. no. Most of the especially time. when you most know you're not. That's that's <laughs> right. Recipe. Um, but that's knowing what you're coming to the table with is important. Yeah. And what you're yeah. not coming to the table with. So I started I started to kind of change, but I had people that I that I ended up working with that were like, like one guy that was a certified mechanic and he was the best technician I'd ever seen of like doing intricate varnishes and yeah, stuff. And he like he like got off on it and I don't. I don't either. I'm like, I suck at plating. I'm let's try trying to get better. Let's try that. And let's let's a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And then I would be like, oh hey Miguel, why don't you? I have this idea for a garnish, and, and I would tell him. That's and, so. And great. then he would go home. And he would be like, oh I got these dowels. Like he would he would come to the restaurant with like like different diameter dowels, and he was like, I took your idea, and then you know we, we bought like a Ben Reiner slicer, one of those That's so cool. slicers, and he he would he's like, oh I saw this. So he took the dowel and he would wrap it in a plastic wrap and then he would take the potato or whatever and like, like wrap a whole bunch around and make like these tubes and like put it in a deep fryer. That's so cool. You know, like just, and I'm like, You're yes, a genius. do like 50 of those. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> or dude, can you make like 30 of that diameter and that one and that one and that one on like different heights and then we would, we would you know, do some so cool. stuff with piping bags. And, yeah. You know, just, Stuff that I was like, okay, well now we're talking and we're sharing ideas, and so I love that part. You're, you're getting off on doing what you love, and I'm getting off on like, like doing 
throwing shit on the yeah, wall and see what sticks. sticks. And then we're like, hey, look at it. It doesn't look like a piece of shit. It looks like <laughs> really something cool. But I, I was, I always, one of the things that I, I found was that someone took some time and invested a little bit of time and effort into me. And I look at it like they taught me how to make a chair. Yeah. I, and then like, I just yep. kept making the chair, making the chair, making the chair. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, oh, here's a, here's another different type of chisel and you can do designs in the chair with that. And I was like, and it sounds kind of like, I yeah. mean, you get art and you get crafts work and you're just repeating the process mm-hmm. over and over. Being consistent is definitely one of the keys. Yeah. Like doing the same thing over and over with your social media. For me, it's a lot of doing the same thing over and over with my social media. Showing up in the same places and serving the same thing. I mean, I I do all kinds of shit, but people know me for the breakfast sandwich, the hot sauce, and my fried chicken. And when I whenever I whenever I do do something else, like my, my monthly event that I do, if I if I throw in something else, people still just want the breakfast sandwich. They just want the breakfast sandwich, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. Like I'm 100 percent okay. With That's that. like your signature. The, yeah. the hot sauce and your breakfast sandwich are like. Mm-hmm. That's what people expect. Yeah. That's what they want. Yeah. And I really like having a one-item menu, and I like when other people have a one-item menu too, because you know it's going to be good. It's the only thing that they do, and. I don't know, like, I think simplicity is really genius, and I think that sometimes it can throw people off, mm-hmm. but it's what's up. No, I could tell you from the time when I started working, like, it was more ingredients, more this, more that, more, you know, you wanted, you wanted the, you wanted the... It's so true. The thing the to kitchen read, scene. like, a freaking yep. novel. And I mean, you still get some of that, like people are getting into like, I've got this uh, lamb from this farm or True, this ranch, yeah. but, but you're like naming one ingredient, you're exactly. just giving a little bit of description, but we were like, ingredient, 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 yep. ingredient. It has ingredient. changed. And then, it's, and then it's come back like to, hey. Bare bones. Get, like, like I, we came up with the philosophy of one of our restaurants, it's like, we're just gonna buy the best ingredients we're comfortable yep. with. Like, yep. I don't mind paying $18 a pound for that piece of that beef because I know if I fuck it up, I started with a way better cut of beef than that yep. guy down the street and they're probably going to be like, well, it was better than that guy. And chances are we're not going to fuck it up every time. So. Exactly. And that's so true. <laughs> Definitely starts with good ingredients. Whatever it is. So how do you, how do you find time for a life? I mean, like, you're the CEO, you're the marketing executive, you're the head chef, you do it all. So what is it like a typical day when you're getting ready for, for for like, a pop-up? Yeah, the weekends are so busy. I mean, I barely sleep between Friday to Sunday, between pop-up, prepping food, recovering from the last one, and prepping for the new one. It's just back to back to back, because that's... When I'm busy, that's when I make the most money. I used to do a pop-up on Wednesday, and, I, and it's something I really enjoyed, but it just didn't catch. I think that was more the location than the time of the week, but regardless, all my work is on the weekends, and uh, with the exception of the private dinners that I do, I just did one of those on Tuesday. Um, a typical day is like just waking up really early and just getting at my list and grinding away and the shopping, you know, it's the shopping and the washing dishes that takes a lot of time. Because I'm by myself. Unless I'm, my pop-ups I do all by myself. Mm-hmm. Sometimes for events and dinners I have a sous chef that'll help me. But the prep work I'm still always doing by myself. And you know, the shopping, like, there is the apps that you can have delivered and stuff like that. But when you're talking about your bottom line every week, yeah. it's like that starts to add up. And you are saving time, but you're losing money. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, it may even out, but if I can do it all on my own and do the legwork without using the help of delivery services, that's, I think, what takes up so much time. And then, you know, honestly, the, like the social media aspect too, that's like time I have to set outside of my day. And it's not something that comes, that I want to do every single day. Uh, but I do, 100%. but I do. And it's something I actually have to like, go, okay, it's this time, I have to do it now. Yeah. You know, and I have to like get my head in the game for that because I don't always feel like doing that shit. Um, Tell me about it. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I look at it as part of the day and part yeah. of the job, and that's yeah. part of the thing on the prep list is Instagram. Yeah, it goes on the prep list too. So yeah, there's some days I, I freaking like like I 
I go through cycles where I'm like, I just don't want to, I don't want to put the camera in front of my oh. face and say a video, like, I don't want to say something about, you know, like, a, I'm just like, fuck it. And, yeah. then, and then I'm like, no, why am I doing this? You know, yeah, you have to. rethink of like, so for me, I think I told you before we started, I, I've partied a lot. I've been sober for over 12 years. I was getting to show up to work between 7 and 8 in the morning, work till like 9 or 10 at night, then start the party, and then go till usually 2 or 3, and yeah. do that. And yeah. then you did that. Yeah. You know, and I never, there was no calling sick, there was no nothing. There no. Was, and so you can't call for me. It's like if I call in sick, I'm calling in sick on myself. Right, right. And then I'm letting people down too. And then in LA, you lose your footing really easily and quickly if you do that. Yeah. Like I can't miss shit, or people will forget. Right. You know. And then and so like I started doing the podcast and the blog and and all that stuff because my mind still goes like I, I'm like okay I don't I don't work in kitchens now I'm, I'm on the sales side yeah and I have a Monday through Friday job where I'm off on the weekends nice. thank God yeah. thank God my so my the owner of my company is LDS and so he's like we work Monday through Friday I'm like yeah yeah you that's know and I have two small I have a three and a half year old and an almost seven year old and like and so like I mean there you know how it is there was days I would leave for the restaurant I would leave the house before everyone was awake and I would get home when everyone was asleep. Yes, that's how my weekends are. Yeah. And and then that's that's just the pop-up. Then there's the private dinners that I do. Then there's the chef consulting that I do because I consult for an organic plant-based condiment line that does salsas, soups, marinades, and dressings. Mm -hmm. And I develop recipes for them. So if I'm not doing my pop-up, I'm either preparing for my pop-up promoting for it, or working another gig completely. Yeah. Um, and I'm not complaining, I'm glad to be busy. It's taken me a long time to get where I'm at, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be this kind of busy, instead nice. of like That's all busy you. bartending and working other shit. And sometimes I still have to bartend, but that, that life is almost behind me. Nice. Um, but yeah, it's a fucking hustle. I, I'm tired, <laughs> but you, I'm happy. You would never tell. You know, you tell. <laughs> I, I couldn't tell. Yeah. I'm doing what I want for the most part, so I'm happy. Yeah. So I needed, I needed, I needed a little more creative outlet for the thing, and then I started. You know, like, did you ever get to a point where, like, I got to with what I'm doing? Because I, I feel like I'm hustling just in a yeah. different area than what you're doing, and then, then I'm like, I like I started recording on my phone. Literally, like I, I had, and then when I, the first time I did interviews, I found like some weird record a call app that's like used by private eyes, and I'd be like, okay, we're recording this call, and and hey. talking to the person just like you're having that's a conversation, great. and I'm like, I need to evolve that if I'm gonna. I had a chance to introduce Susan Finnegar. Like I've known her since she I was. She seems really nice. She is super nice. Yeah. Super gracious, fucking busy as fuck. Oh yeah, she's a hard like, working show. So I, I had a chance to interview her, and she's like, let's do it this day and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay. So I, I like snuck away from work, I fucking called her, and like, I'm That's doing awesome. this thing, and, and like, at a certain point, I can tell, I know where she lives, and I'm like, are you, what are you doing right now? Because I just lost you for like 20 seconds. And so we go back, and then, and then like, She's like, well, let me call you from a landline. And then I go to record it, and I'm thinking it's recording. It only recorded my fucking side of it. And I'm like, oh, I just, I just cried. I, I, like, I literally that cried. That's devastating. And I was like, <laughs> I she's not, I mean, I, I let her know. I was like, Susan, we're gonna have to do this. And like, I called back, and I was like, I was unable to use any of it. Because we had all these weird connection problems. And then when I, when you called me from a landline, it didn't record. I was, and then I thought, I gotta fucking step my game up. I gotta figure something else out. Right, right. That's a uh, good and learning then, lesson. And then I got to a that point sucks. where I'm like, oh, this is now becoming so much work. And, yeah. I, and I'm like, dude, fucking relax. Like, I, I had to take my foot off the gas and like tell myself, just, what did you do to start doing this for? To yeah. have fun and like, it, it doesn't mean to do turn into anything except having conversations with people and right. like, and having fun. Yes, and like that's letting important. It to, you know, 
as yes. much as like I want you to tell your story, I want to have a conversation yeah. where we're like both participating. I love that. I love that. So well, that's a great idea, and it's it's good to like remind yourself. Yeah. So you don't get caught up in the bullshit. Yeah. I called I called one of my old kitchen man, the guy that was a kitchen manager for me a while back, and he's like a kind of a renaissance dude. He's like a, a renter. He buys like old bikes and fixes them up and does all kinds of stuff. And then like last summer, he just took off from Salt Lake and bought like a truck with a camper and like yeah. went to San Diego and then was like camping around in Southern California and then like found a job working for a catering company. And totally the person that would I want I would want to tell like the grinder the people that yeah. just freaking make it fucking happen and go. And I, I, I texted him a while back and, he, and I'm like, hey David, why don't you come on the podcast? And he's like, I don't, I'm not a chef. And I'm like, but you're a hustler. You're a hustler. Like yeah. your story is freaking awesome. Everyone's story is awesome. It That's is. Why I love, it is. Love doing this. No, you get to talk to a lot of cool people and meet a lot of cool people, and I love that. I love that that has all led me here. Like I love talking to people in my community. I love hearing their food stories or their recipes or, and just that's really, it makes you, helps you feel connected. You know? Yeah. So what is next for you? What's, mm. what's the next, I mean, you have a plan I'm sure. Just by talking to you and seeing that look in your eye, I know that there's, I'm sure a plan. Yeah. I don't know if it's one year, five years, four months. What, what's down the road for you? Well, before the end of this year, I should have my website up where people can buy the hot sauce from there. That's a big goal to get done before the end of the year. Um, after that, I'm collabing right now with a couple other chefs on, on a, like a, a YouTube show, fun channel situation. Um, there might be a brick and mortar. But that is very much in the air. I'm not sure if that's what I want. I never say never. I just it, it, like it used to be it, when I was so much younger and before I knew anything. Having a brick and mortar was definitely my idea of what success is and was, and now I feel so far from that. And I want to be able to travel and do stuff. So I don't know that a brick and mortar is where Calabama's going, but I have a strong feeling there's going to be. A website, some merchandise, a show, and possibly a brick and mortar. But the show idea keeps evolving, so we'll see what happens with that. I'm, I'm excited. Tell yeah. me about it. Um, well, Maybe a cooking show or yeah, just a fun like. Well, no, definitely food, a food-related show. Sure. One, I, uh, one of my girlfriends who is also like my helper, like she's my sous chef when I need one. She's out here to be a producer, and so we have a loose idea of doing like some like just you know re not reality show but just very raw documentary style like if I do end up with a brick and mortar these are the steps that it would take to get there and this is what my pop-up's like and this is what it's like behind the scenes of my pop-up and this is what it's like getting ready for it sure. going to other pop-ups and talking to them about it like that kind of stuff I want to keep it community based and basically just an extension of what I'm doing now which is cooking food and talking to people about their food and having them try mine. And I, I, I spend a lot of my time during the week going to other people's pop-ups. It, it lets me know what's out there. It promotes my business and theirs, and it, it always gives me content to work with. So I thought that would be a fun idea too, like just going around and talking to other people about their pop-ups and stuff like that. Awesome. So I don't and know. You're supporting, I mean, you're supporting well, other people doing what you're doing. I find that that's helped me with my business. Like, like I don't know why people don't do that. And now I'm finding that more and more, pe more and more people are doing that. But I've been doing that for a long time. I'll just show up somewhere and be like, "Here's my hot sauce." <laughs> I'm Kara, I'm Calabama. Yeah. yeah. And then they'll come to mine, and then, then you're broadening your community base, and there's nothing but benefits there. Oh, that is so, awesome. So, something like that. Something that just expands upon that idea. I think would be a good good idea for a show. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. But immediately, right now, I'm just trying to focus on getting the hot sauce out to more people faster. I think that would be good. And, and do you have a commissary kitchen that you do, or are you doing it at home? Or? I, do, I do both. Well, I do both, yeah. I have a commissary downtown. Health department, don't listen to this. <laughs> she does everything in a commissary kitchen. That's correct. <laughs> I do both. So um, I'm really lucky. I have a lot of people that let me in their space to do stuff. So. Awesome. 
Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Anything you want to? Uh, anything else you want to talk about before we wrap it up? Mm. I just think. Um, I don't know. I, I feel really lucky. I feel really lucky and blessed to be able to be doing this. Not that I haven't worked for it, but I feel really lucky that it's caught traction, that it's a, a product that people love, and that it's something that that came out of my little head. I don't know. I think that I feel really lucky to be able to like talk to you, to be able to do podcasts, to be able to do anything. I just I'm grateful for it. Yeah, I, my day is better. My day is better having having had this conversation. No, me I, too, me too. I will tell you, no doubt, yeah. no doubt. Um, I again, I appreciate you spending Thank the you time so with me today. Me it was a blast. Yeah, me too. And hopefully, uh, the next time that I'm back in LA, well, I'm gonna come find you on on. Saturday. You're coming on Saturday. It'll be fun. We'll get to catch Saturday. the whole vibe. And uh, I told a couple of my buddies, so maybe I'll all go up to come from the South Bay. Just make sure if you're going to be later than noon, text me so I can save you some. <laughs> I will do that. I will do that. Thank you so much, Kara. Thank you, Matt. Hey, what's up, everyone? I want to just give a big thank you to everyone for listening to this episode today. I also wanted to let you know that if you are in the Southern California area and you want to find out more about what Kara's doing, follow her at Calabama on Instagram. That's C-A-L-A-B-A-M-A, like Alabama with a C. You can find out where to find her pop-ups at Dayglow Coffee, usually. Uh, The location I visited at and had a little brekkie was in West Hollywood. Uh, just off of Santa Monica Boulevard, and you can follow them at Dayglow Coffee. I believe it's D-A-Y-G-L-O-W on Instagram as well. And if you want to find out everything that I've got going on, you can head over to FriarPod.com. That's F-R-Y-E-R-P-O-D.com, and you can see all the latest blog posts. You can see all of the vlogs that I've done. You can have a link to my patreon page you can link to my movember page where it's almost movember and we're going to be starting the fundraising pretty quickly here and you can just about do anything you want over on that website well anything within reason that is you can sign up for my newsletter or not you can subscribe to the podcast do whatever you please but head over to fryerpod.com to see everything that i've got going on and i want to thank you again so much peace